0: Please pray with me. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down, fix in us thy humble dwelling and all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure, unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Come almighty to deliver. Let us all thy life receive. Lord, let us all thy life receive. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Be seated, please. One of the things that's changed in the last few decades uh, as I have preached and served is that nobody brings a Bible anymore to church. They just bring phones, right? That's, you meant to make you smile. If by chance you have an actual Bible, I encourage you to please turn to John chapter 15. I know that that passage is printed out, but I'm going to be doing kind of an outline sermon. I'm going to be giving you just a few words to hold on to, and you can track through better with me if you can actually see it, or if you have it on your phone, just turn it open because I'm going to be ranging around for several chapters, just picking a point out of a few chapters. I also, I rarely do this, but I encourage you, uh, because this is a simple message and just a very simple outline, I encourage you to consider even jotting down uh, the, the, the words that I'm going to hang my message on so you can go back in the passage and look at it and unpack it a little bit more for yourself later on. There are many, many places in the New Testament where we could turn to get an accurate and beautiful picture of the Christian life, but John 15 is a favorite for many people and for many good reasons. It's in the middle of the upper room discourse. This is the last night of Jesus' life on earth before the crucifixion, it's the most intimate setting. That he has with his disciples and he's bringing together the most important themes and messages of his life and ministry to those people who are his followers to his disciples and it's in that context he uses this beautiful image of a vineyard to describe the Christian life and what you see as you track through this is that is that what he describes as a life that is fruit-filled a life that is love-filled and a life that is joy-filled, which is a fairly good offer. (laughs) A fruitful, full of purpose, meaning, loving, deep, abiding, lasting love, joyful, a joy and merriment that is untouched by life's storms. That's the grain of the life that we've been given. That's the direction of the life. That is the life we've been given. Fruitful loving joyful and so jesus's invitation here is to live with the grain you know what i mean by live with the grain if you ever do any woodwork and you work against the grain versus working with the grain of course you do what a deal i know you're saying (laughs) tell me more so I want to do, do, do that. I want to give you actually a 35,000 foot overview of the whole upper room discourse by hanging in on seven words. And we're not going to dig in deep at all, but just seven words which tell us how to begin this life and how to live the life. It's, it's really one and the same. How to begin it and how to keep on living it. And to that end, I speak to all of us, but I especially want to speak to those who are being confirmed and received that I'm going to be praying for in just a few minutes. And I ask you to hang on to these words and ponder them and wrestle with them and study them deeply. It begins with the word receiving. John chapter 13, receiving. This is the opening scene of the upper room. It's the celebration of Passover. Jesus is entering into the culmination of his life and ministry. You remember his public ministry began in John chapter 1 with an announcement by John the Baptist whose whole life was to herald and point to Jesus He points to Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So this is the night when Jesus is actually fulfilling that calling, beginning to fulfill that calling to be the Lamb that God has given for the sin of the world, that God has given to do the reconciliation and the forgiveness that God has intended for us. This is when the Lamb of God is being poured out for the life of the world. In order to practically and powerfully get his point across, on that night, you remember John 13, he gets on his knees before his disciples and he washes their feet. Peter protests, don't do that to me. And Jesus Jesus says back, if you do not let me wash you, if you do not let me cleanse you, if you do not let me take away the dirt of your sin, you have no part in me. What Jesus is saying, in effect, to Peter and to all of us is, Let me give you what you do not have and can never gain for yourself, which is true life. Let me give it to you. Let me do for you what you cannot do and can never achieve for yourself cleansing. And when you are given life, and when you are given cleansing, what is the response? How do we deal with a gift? What's the word? Receive. We open up our hands and receive. So this whole conversation begins with receiving. And the second word I want to introduce to you. You see we're going to go fast here. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The second word is entrusting. Receiving. And in trusting, Jesus says, trust me with your fears. Trust me with your fog, confusion. Trust me with your future. Trust me. I've got this. That's such a simple word. Not so easy to do, right? In the midst of the storms of the life, that is really the battle that we face so often. Is are we going to actually believe that Jesus is good for what he promises? That all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. That he will keep his word to us. But Jesus is patient with us over the course of our life. But the message never changes, guys. I, I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, what He is constantly saying to you and me in our fear, in our fog, in our confusion, in the terror, the anxiety, and the storms. He just simply says, I've got this. I'm asleep in the boat. And I'm asleep in the boat because I know the end of this thing. I'm okay. You're okay. We're okay. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. Receive, trust. Now at this point I'm going to pause and just make a comment. That in, these are crucial. This is kind of how the whole conversation begins. This is how the life begins. The life begins because we're given something we can't have and we receive it. The life in, continues as we entrust the one who is the giver. The one who's caring for us. And in both of those concepts, the fundamental posture we have is passive. I don't mean it. In other words, we're receiving. We're letting him give what you cannot gain. Do for us what we cannot achieve achieve, and keep on doing that, turning this receptive heart into a life of trusting Jesus as a way of life. And that's the core of the gospel, guys, that we're helpless. We're unable to create and sustain the life, unable to create it and unable to sustain it. And that's what we sang today in Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. If you really unpack that song, it's an incredible hymn. Fill us with your life. Fix in us your life. Come to us. Be alive in us, we pray. Now, I was thinking about that song song, excuse me, before the service, and if you really let that soak into your soul, tears will fill your eyes. I mean, just with the incredible fact that we can even pray that prayer or sing that hymn to the living God. It's amazing. The core of the gospel is God so loved the world that He. Come on, are you here? Yes. Thank you. All right, God so loved the world that He gave. And what do you do with the gift? You receive. And if the gift is a person who calls himself Lord and Shepherd, then you entrust. You receive and you entrust. Now, Then the Christian life continues with our responses, the actions that we do in response. Later on in chapter 14, obeying, obeying. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Oh, and by the way, you have help for that. (laughs) And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So in this first action item, kind of like uh, the others you're just receiving and entrusting. But now, now let's, let's move in response and you obey. And oh, by the way, you, you don't have to do that by yourself. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Amazing, right? The next verb, learning, obeying and learning. Verse 23 of chapter 14. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Oh, and by the way, you got the Holy Spirit for that one too. <laughs> Verse 26, but the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. Oh, so you gotta learn, but you're not alone in that. You got a teacher. He's hanging out and tapping you on the back and reminding you of what he said and helping you understand what words are there. So receiving and trusting, obeying, learning. The next verb is abiding. That's what we've already read in chapter uh, 15. Intimacy. Pursuit. This is about a relationship with Christ. This is about a love relationship. It's about a friendship relationship in this passage. It's about having an active relationship of conversation and connectivity. Connectivity. And this is perhaps of these, all the things that I've listed in this action section, because we've got these two kind of passive things and then five actions. This is the one that perhaps requires most clearly our own prioritization and our own choices and how we invest our time. This has to do with the desires of our heart and the cultivating the desires of our heart. This is when we actually, like in this relationship, like in any relationship, we begin to invest our heart into it. And we begin to pursue this relationship. And so, I, At this point, I would just say, look in the mirror sometime today or any time in life that you want to and just say, what do you want in life more than anything else? And the great commandment is this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's, that means that you have an opportunity to respond to what he's done by responding in love and responding in the relationship. We are the recipients of the Christian life. We are carried by Christ himself. We are participating in the Christian life, and the Spirit of God is there for us to obey, to learn, to abide, to witness. That's the next one. Chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give to you. And oh, by the way, you have the spirit for that as well. <laughs> Verse 26 of chapter 15. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. Do You realize what's going on here? Jesus says, I'm going to give you the life. Jesus says, I'm going to sustain you the life. And you have a response. You have responses. This is a participatory process. Now, I've done it for you, but how do you? You're not a non-participant. So you obey and you learn, you abide, you witness. And every time he says, oh, and by the way, you don't have to do that by yourself either. I'll give you the life. I'll live it with you. I'll live it through you. I'll empower you. I'll enable you to do it. And then finally, the last verb is enduring. Verse 1 of chapter 16. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. And oh, by the way, you've got the spirit for that too. <laughs> Verse 7 of chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you there's this old Eucharistic prayer that we don't use anymore and it's, in fact it's rarely used but there's this Eucharistic prayer uh, in which we're praying to, you know, the, the, the priest is praying to God and, and, and reflecting back on what he's done for us there's this phrase that he said he has given us after he was raised and glorified he gave us his own first best gift his spirit and I love that phrase I really do So what's just astounding to me, and I I, I do want you to sit back and kind of soak in the reality of what I'm about to say, just to kind of let it abide in your soul. But the fact of the matter is that we are given this life. We are given the one who will carry us through that life. We are given the companionship of the Holy Spirit every step of the way so that our response is informed and filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me end with one more encouraging thought John 17 is the final scene of the upper room and this is Jesus praying to the Father and the focus of his prayer is really frankly us it's the glory of God but it is really targeted with us and what he is saying is just as we can't have the life without the gift of Jesus and we can't live the life without the gift of the Holy Spirit the whole project is under the care, protection, provision of the Father so this is a Trinitarian conversation the gift of jesus the gift of the holy spirit and the protection and the care of the of the father and jesus prays to the father father keep them and hold them and protect them and provide for them and especially make them one because they need each other this is a corporate communal life and what i'm here to do is not only transform you individually but transform you into a community that reflects the trinity And there's this straight line from the Trinity, the three-in-one God, to the church, which is the multifaceted people, one in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, living together because we will fall short of the life that we have been given apart from our unity with one another. Just like a pack of wolves will try to separate a sheep in order to bring it down and eat it, the evil one will try to separate you in order to eat you alive. So the importance of the body of Christ cannot be measured because that's the design of God. That is the gift of God. So Jesus prays to the Father, keep them as one. The upper rim discourse is perhaps, again, like I said, the summation of the ministry of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus to his disciples. You can never study it, meditate on it, soak on it, or understand it enough. This is a life journey, guys. you got always got something to learn, always got something to understand. So it's a beautiful invitation. But as you consider this life uh, that we are offered, I give you two admonitions. First of all, I want you to shake, shake off the shrouds of the old life. Whatever has touched upon this conversation, in which you realize I'm clinging to the old, you shake it off. Like Frodo and Sam walking through Shelob's cave, hold up the light of Galadriel and cut through the webs. Okay, hold up the light of the gospel, and cut through the webs. If you're if you're trudging through Mordor like Frodo and Sam clinging, then cling to the hope that explodes with the gospel. Realize. That life will win in glorious triumph because we already know the end of the game. We know the resurrected Jesus. We know what the other side looks like. Amen? Amen. Jesus is is the first fruits of the harvest of the new creation. But he's not the end of the harvest. First fruits means there's more coming. And guess who the more coming is? You, me, us. That's where we're headed. And then finally, the last admonition I've already said at the beginning is live with the grain. Live with the grain of the life you've been given. Abide, connect, pursue, connect with Jesus so that the life, the grain of Jesus flows into you. And then as you do that, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Let's pray. Finish then thy new creation pure and spotless, let us be. Let us see thy great salvation perfectly restored in thee. Change from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love and praise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.